careful, you son of a bitch. Ask me if I give a shit. That is one big pile of shit. Stop, I'm sick of my bullshit. Is this a bunch of crap? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Who wants to get funky tonight? What the fuck are you up to? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Silver Emotion Podcast. Funkiest podcast this side of the Mississippi. It's cool, I like it. I'm inspired to get a better schedule. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Silver Emulsion Podcast. My name is Will, and I am joined once again by my friend Stephen. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. All right. Uh, we're here today to uh, do a podcast. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most people click on podcast thinking they're going to get, what, a shopping list? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> podcast shopping list there you go (laughs) episode one produce (laughs) (laughs) um but today we're going to be talking about john woo's 1989 classic uh of the hong kong heroic bloodshed uh genre the killer yeah i I didn't know heroic bloodshed was a genre, but it's a genre in Hong Kong, and I don't. I mean, it's. I don't know that it's like um, a defined thing, but it's definitely a thing in Hong Kong movies. Um, it started with Cheng Che. I was gonna say this movie reminded me a lot of what you describe of Cheng Che in your reviews. All right, the guys wearing white and bleeding all over them. Yes, yes. (laughs) There's a lot of that in this movie. I had never noticed that of this movie when I was younger because I wasn't watching a whole lot of Cheng Che movies. But this time, I definitely noticed it. I was like, "Oh shit!" He even uses the 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 guy in the white suit getting bloody. Um, that Cheng Che always used. So, John Woo is a big fan of Cheng Che, obviously, and um, he worked under Cheng Che as an assistant director at the beginning of his career in the early 70s, Um, and he learned a lot of things from him. Right. Um, And The Killer, I don't... He made John Woo made a movie, a couple of movies before this called A Better Tomorrow and A Better Tomorrow Two, mm-hmm. that are probably like the real beginnings of that, the modern day heroic bloodshed. Mm-hmm. But the killer is probably like um, the first real example of it that definitely that spread to America and like got really popular, mm-hmm. like. When Hong Kong movies got popular here, The Killer and another movie that John Woo made later, Hard Boiled, 
were both like super well known, and right. a better tomorrow was a lesser well known. Yeah, yeah, I think I've actually heard of Hard Boiled. Yeah, I gave my copy of it to uh, the library that we used to work at. Oh, well, so <laughs> at some point, um, maybe it's still there. Oh. It probably is. I know. Um, I got real. I had a point in my DVD collecting where I was just like, I have all these DVDs, and uh, they're meant to be watched, and I'm not watching them. <laughs> and so specifically with Hard Boiled, I thought, this is Hard Boiled, one of my favorite Hong Kong movies. It's sitting on my shelf. I've watched it a couple times in the couple of years that I've had it. Mm-hmm. But what if I could unleash it on the public <laughs> the public could see this fucking phenomenal movie and maybe i could turn some people into fans of john woo or something right. so i gave it to the the uh the library that we worked at and it was like constantly checked out and it made me so happy every time <laughs> that i would see it like come in or go out or check it out for somebody it was like oh yes <laughs> this is my dream realized Oh. I don't know that anybody like went on from there, but I just right. they, they at least saw that. Yeah, it got me a, uh, gave me a lot of joy to see that. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to talk about the killer, the movie that came before that. Um, I don't know where to start with the killer. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I've, I was kind of thinking about it. Like, I don't know much to say about it it's kind of it it is it it's uh, (laughs) a it's the killer i mean it's the killer end of podcast that we've really dissected it yeah what can we say about the killer it's the killer yeah done there's killing there there's a guy who does killing yes um it did strangely enough it's reminded me of a couple of anime oddly enough okay perhaps not oddly enough. i guess we I'm, can start there yeah why not yeah <laughs> but specifically the one i'm is that i just watched like a week ago i'm gonna have a review out okay presumably which Ooh, is also sh- weird because that movie as well i was having trouble figuring out what to say ah look at that and um and Perhaps for similar reasons, I don't know. But okay, um, that movie is called Samurai X. Samurai X, I have not heard of that. Um, it is about not really a samurai. Oddly enough, I guess he's a samurai, sort of. He's not properly hmm. a samurai. He's hmm. just some. Uh, How dare they? Yeah, there, there are samurai in it, mostly uh, getting killed by this guy who is not a samurai. But so maybe he's a he's a killer. He has a list. On the list, samurai. And he, he and crosses he X's them, them out. Yeah, the, Samurai there we X. go. <laughs> there you go. You've you've dissected the title. All that's right. that's great. <laughs> now it makes more sense to me. I mean, it, not that it didn't make sense, but um, it's actually an American name for the the movie. Okay, it was called Ruroni Kenshin. So, which huh. that sounds familiar for some reason. Yeah, God I, only knows. It's why. kind of a big anime. But Is it it's, a '90s thing? Yeah, it's '90s. Maybe that's why I know the name. I don't know. But it's kind of about the there's it's based on a TV series, but the movie that I watched of it was kind of uh, very similar in structure to the killer. Okay, in that it's about an assassin who goes around brutally killing people. Yeah, and he winds up in his line of work accidentally ruining the life of a woman. Okay, 
and then uh, over the course of the film falls in love with that woman and they form a relationship and that yeah that's so it was the whole while i was just kind of thinking wow this is kind of the killer and huh. <laughs> i wonder if they were influenced by the killer because the killer was a huge movie when it yeah came out. Like, I, that was I, a big deal i would not be surprised at all if it was okay um, is there a, a cop character um there kind of is he's very minor character though oh, okay. so it's but there is uh this really badass samurai guy who's like oh i want to fight this assassin he's yeah. he's going around killing people and so so there is a guy that kind of fills that role even if he's only there for a very sh- brief okay. amount of time they don't develop mutual respect for each other or anything N- like that not really except perhaps in that oh he's really skilled at beating people up oh, but okay, there's okay. kind of like it's more like he's a worthy opponent but not yeah. they don't become friends or yeah, they don't have yeah. like a paralleled life to in the okay. way that the killer kind of sets up yeah because to me like that's one of the huge points of the killer that right, really right. like ties it to those uh ching che heroic bloodshed kung fu movies mm. Yeah, I, I kind of expected with the killer that there would be more paralleling. Like yeah, it would do. I mean, and it did plenty, but it was. I kind of felt like there would be more scenes of them doing the same thing in different circumstances. Uh-huh. Like, r- like right from the start, you have uh, the assassin guy Jeff. Uh, he injures this woman, and then you cut to the cop who. Uh, kills this other criminal guy and causes this heart attack in this woman. And so yes. I was like, I was right away saying, oh, they're paralleling these two guys. Yeah. And I kind of expected it to be, I guess, more um, obvious uh-huh. as the movie went on. And I guess towards the end of the movie, it becomes a bit more of that. Like there's the scene where the cop guy is sitting in the chair that the assassin guy is in and he's like it cuts back and forth between them uh-huh. like, sitting in the chair and then like the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah wait, then, wait, then yeah, the guy yeah. runs in like oh you were right you got the and he just whips out the gun just like the the assassin guy does because right, he's, like, he's, he's trying in to his like, mind figure it out and, yeah. yeah yeah and so i expected more things like that or more more uh parallels to their story arcs that yeah they would uh, well they both have um, like the friend like the best friend yeah, that they, yeah. they hang out with and like um, have to deal with struggles with or whatever and right it seemed a little um more underplayed with the cop guy though yeah i would say that and he's definitely like the 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 minor character it's not the cop you know it's the right. killer right right <laughs> but so it was uh so yeah there was this weird parallel to those that two is, movies it was just yeah. it was weird because i just saw the samurai x like a week ago Right. And I'm like writing this review of it, and then I'm just like, "Wait, what the hell?" Like, what am I watching? <laughs> suddenly, I'm watching the same damn movie again. Huh. <laughs> well, that's uh, except in ancient Japan instead. Interesting, of, uh, but also kind of unfortunate. You know, you're not discovering the killer. You're yeah. Sort of, it was uh, uh, it was kind of weird. Yeah, and you said it reminded you of a different anime. Also, um, it kind of it one episode of Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Which I'm not sure if you've seen. I know you watched some of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, right? I, pr- I probably watched the first seven or eight or something like okay, that. Okay, and then I because th- I, I think this was the fifth episode. Right. The not sh- that I'm going to sh- remember, but yeah, there was um, the shootout in the church. There I was, fa- uh, yeah, I do vaguely remember. There was that, a whole yeah. episode in the in, a, in this church where he's there's this whole shootout, and it was kind of just making me wonder like how much Cowboy Bebop was taking from this movie as well. It's possible because that's that's like late nineties, right? Oh yeah, that's that's probably ninety eight ish. Oh okay, yeah. And so it's it's popular. And Cowboy Bebop I mean, itself is very much um, a 
kind of a send up or homage to other things in cinema and you television. You said that, so, that there was like taking pop culture things and and sort of yeah. There's like there's one that's a black exploitation episode, oh, which is wow. just a total like parody <laughs> of old black exploitation films and stuff. It, it, so it likes doing things like that, yeah. and um, so I, I can definitely see it doing just kind of taking that and i should probably watch that episode again yeah. just to kind of compare i wouldn't be surprised now i'm interested to see that do you remember if there's any doves or birds flying around in i'm trying i'm kind of i'm trying to think <laughs> for some reason my mind says yes but yeah. i'm not entirely sure i'd have to watch it again to but i kind of want to think there is some birds flying around in there well then if if there's birds the, it's then definitely, definitely yeah. a john woo killer thing yeah i know that's actually been um parodied in anime oddly no john woo in general yeah like um fooly cooly parodies that where they're watching some movie on tv and you just hear like gunshots and stuff yeah. and then like some Birds other character busts in with a gun and like blows up the tv and a bunch of doves fly out of the tv and just like <laughs> on, <laughs> they're like watching some john woo movie oh, that's <laughs> just funny. like what the heck he does he does like his uh doves flying around they're in pretty much every one of his movies yeah. um at least beginning at the the gun stuff because he made a lot of movies in the 70s that are like straight up kung fu movies and he mm. made some just like just straight comedies and stuff like that but after you get to the gun stuff i think every movie after that has <laughs> fucking birds and shit in it yeah the, it was actually hilarious. one of the Appleseed movies is okay. um produced by john woo he's not director oh, wow, or wow, author, wow, but he produced it and like when his name popped up in the credits, just a flock of birds flew by. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> laughing at it, just like, oh man, oh wow. So that that was kind of hilarious. So I was just like, what the heck? So they they clearly knew what they were doing there. Right, right. Well, if he's producing it, he probably was like, oh, put some put some doves in there for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, That's funny. So, have you seen any other John Woo movies? Um, just out of curiosity, just that random Appleseed movie, I think. Okay, but like the none, none of the American movies that he made, like uh, um, I kind of don't think so. But I'm not... Broken Arrow with John Travolta and Christian no, Slater, no, I or seen uh, that. Face Off, Face no. Off with Nick Nick Cage and John Travolta. No, Face Off is a fucking dope movie. No. Um, I actually didn't know John Woo was making those ones. So. Yeah, like. Um, that time in the late 90s when when Jackie Chan was coming over here, mm. Chai and Fat came over here, John Woo, Soy Hark came over here, made some Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Oh. Um, Ronnie Yu, the guy who made Bright with White Hair, came over here and made Warriors of, of Virtue, <laughs> the kangaroo kung fu oh, movie. Oh, God, I've heard of that one. Um, I haven't seen that one, but I've, yeah, I've heard, of, yeah, heard we, about that. We saw its fucking opening day oh, wow. <laughs> to support Ronnie Yu. <laughs> um, what, was it everything you dreamed it would be? You know, it wasn't great, but it also, there was some good stuff in it, you know? Um, I don't, I haven't seen it since, so I don't remember it being super great, but... Hmm. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was what it was. <laughs> it was it guys was... in kangaroo suits fighting. <laughs> um, it was like a full Hong Kong stunt crew, and I th I'm mm. pretty sure there was wire work, like actual wire work. Oh. Wow. Um, I would have to see it again. I remember there being like a white kid that kind of ruined it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, uh, there's a an American movie called Forbidden Kingdom with Jackie Chan and Jet Li. Mm. and it's i remember it being kind of cool but like there's a fucking white kid that's just in most of the movie like he's uh, the main guy and it's just sort of like uh if it wasn't for that kid <laughs> it was, 
There, there's a tendency to have obnoxious, uh, <laughs> generic kid leads and yeah, these American movies. They're trying to they're trying to like appeal to the the fan of Hong Kong movies because I think that's the only movie that Jackie Chan and Jet Li are in together. Oh, and uh, Jet Li plays the Monkey King and. Uh, Jackie does some uh, some drunken stuff, if I remember right, hmm. and they fight each other, and it's kind of like a big deal. But then there's this fucking dumb kid <laughs> just messing it all up. Yeah, and, and I don't, uh, I haven't seen that since it came out, so it's been over ten years, I think. So, anyway, hmm. but yeah, during those that late '90s period, like there was just huge influx of Hong Kong talent in America, sort of leaving Hong Kong. Uh, in the dust like mm. the handover happened everybody came over here and then like the the whole industry of hong kong just sort of had this sort of slump where yeah. the movies were not as good then cg was coming in so then like the whole that industry help, yeah. changed and so that left um a big hole to fill and that donnie yin who was a a minor star during the 80s and 90s became like the number one star of hong kong mm. during that time um and now he's uh he's in the star wars rogue one <laughs> <laughs> he was also in rush hour 2 with jackie the the american movie but mm. didn't catch on but now now he's like a big star so he was in the rogue one and uh it begins again. He's going to be in more American movies, I hear. Wow. Um, Hollywood's the place they all want to be. Yeah. I yeah. A... I feel like... I don't know that they... I, I mean, I guess they want to be there. It's like a money thing, but they want to They want to be a global star. I know Jackie yeah. was always about like trying to be the biggest star he could be. He was always like interested in cracking like every market. Mm. Asia was not enough. <laughs> he wanted to to break through, yeah. and now he has the whole world. He's he's right. known worldwide. He's a big deal. Yeah. So I so. guess Donnie Yen is next. Yeah. So a certain prestige of being in Hollywood. Yeah, there is. There is. I I don't like though because these guys are like John Woo, like Soy Hark. Especially Soy Hark is is one of the hugest producers and directors in all of Hong Kong. He came to America and like, he just made some shitty <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that nobody fucking cares about. Uh, and it's sad because like, they call him the Steven Spielberg of Hong Kong because he's this huge director, huge writer, huge producer. He's one of the guys that like brought, like Hollywood style special effects to Hong Kong yeah. um in the early 80s and just gets no respect <laughs> when he comes over here so I don't like I wish they just in part had stayed yeah. um in Hong Kong but they did not um so like Mission Impossible 2 have you seen that that's a John Woo movie oh no, I have not. No, I've never, there's lots, never of, the lots of the doves in that movie too. Wow, I've ne never watched the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> None of them. No. no, I've only seen the first two. I saw the first one when it came out and thought it was pretty shitty, <laughs> and then I saw the second one because John Woo made it, <laughs> and it was 
definitely better because <laughs> I like John Woo, but it's Tom Cruise, so not not really something that I'm uh, super right. into. Um, so so the first John Woo movie, I feel like when I watched it this time, I've seen pretty much almost all of his movies from Better Tomorrow on, I think, and so. Going back to this one, I haven't seen this in probably a good 10 or 15 years. It felt like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's uh, like so much pop culture and things have parodied, parodied <laughs> John Woo. Right. Like going back to this, it was like, oh, man. It's like, uh, I still think it's super fucking cool. But it feels like. I don't want to say tired, but like right. it feels like I've seen it <laughs> like right, so right. much before, and I feel bad saying that because it's the fucking killer and it's awesome <laughs> and I love it. But it did feel lesser, like a like like it wasn't as good as I remembered it. Hmm. So, just in terms of like action, I wanted to show you this movie. For a couple of reasons. One, because John Woo action is very stylized. Yeah, I was definitely noticing that, that this is a very stylistic film yeah. rather than a, a more technical film, I guess. I don't know what, what the opposite of stylized would be. but Well, yeah, it's just like tons of slow motion, and right. which also comes from those Cheng Che movies. Cheng Che like, was one of the first people in Hong Kong to use slow motion. Mm. Like, uh, and he used it in very similar ways to like really accentuate these fucking brutal moments of violence and things. Right. And so there's a lot of that. And, and also I wanted to show it to you cause I was curious cause you're not like video games wise. You, you're not into shooters. Right. Right. So I was curious to see how, this movie, this is like the, the, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd call it the pinnacle of like gun movies in Hong Kong. That's probably hard boiled, mm-hmm. but this was the movie that that started a lot of people into like uh, loving these kinds of movies. I know that's what it did for me. Right. So I was no, curious I to see like what your take on that would be. Um, well, I was definitely having fun with it. So yeah. it was, but there was this this kind of thing going on and this movie isn't really bad in this i guess because like you say this is the the whole bloody uh genre where they're, yes. they're getting all bloodied heroic up and, bloodshed yeah, yes. heroic bloodshed yeah there you go <laughs> couldn't remember the term there but so they, they do get shot from time to time and hit yes. but it's it seems like this is kind of i wouldn't say the origin but it certainly um kind of follows in this the main characters just not getting shot and stuff. There is a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Machine guns coming <laughs> yeah. at him and he's diving out of the way. And yes, it yes. kind of made me think in this, for some reason, this film made me think about this in a way that I haven't with other uh, things like this that have yeah. like random gun fights and just the main characters just wading through it all, not getting hit and right. hitting every single target he's shooting at. And it kind of just made me think of the differences in terms of how you would make a gunfight in a movie as opposed to, say, a martial arts fight where yeah. you just have such a different situation going on where 
you can have a martial arts fight and some, and some master martial artist if you've got like a good if you got like Jackie in there yeah he's going to convince you that he's dodging all of this that he's right, not yeah. getting hit because he's that good yeah but and so it's a very similar situation in, in most of the time in that this guy is dominating the fight he's not getting hit there'll be like a mob of people rushing him and he'll take them all out without getting hit and it's in terms of what's actually happening it's yeah. very much the same yeah i would say i would agree with that it's- but when you have the gunfire going on your your actor is not convincing you that they're just that good that they're just Unless yeah. they're specifically like dodging around or something, you don't think that Chai and Fat is badass <laughs> enough to dodge all that stuff. But I mean, yeah, if he were like dodging it, but normally they're just striding around being yeah. badass, and it's like you should be getting hit. And that's where I, I in these yeah. kind of movies that kind of hangs up in my head. And it was kind of doing that here, but for some reason in this movie, I was thinking of it in a technical sense. How do you pull that off without seeming like? Uh, it's contrived. Right. And I, I would say with this movie, I would say this movie does it more like more believably, believably than like an American movie. Right. Cause I feel like the, there is a sense that this guy is like really fucking good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I maybe definitely that's, feel that maybe that is why I thought about it in this movie. Whereas in other movies, I'll just be like, Oh God, here it is again. Good guy never gets shot. And, never, right. and, where well, and he gets shot like a he number does. of times. <laughs> he he does know? over the course of the film, but there's yeah. also just a lot of scenes where he's just totally just mopping the floor with people and there's gunshots everywhere around him but (laughs) it's just like everything's exploding around him but he no he's fine (laughs) right no but but i feel like he gets hit enough to where you believe that he's human but he's badass enough to you you can like you can believe that yeah, he probably dodged that. <laughs> like, I, like it's not completely believable, but I don't think, I don't think it's meant to be taken like super. You know, like you're watching it super believably. Like, I, yeah, I don't know yeah. how to say I, it. I mean, but there, like, there is certainly that to it that you've just got to kind of just accept that it's fiction. But yeah, like I, I think of these movies, anything like that. Like, I almost think of them like a fantasy <laughs> where like this guy i mean i like chayun fat so i'm already like yeah fucking chayun fat could take them all out <laughs> but um i feel like this movie does it in a way where like right from the beginning the first scene of the movie where he's shooting up those guys in the in the little like backroom casino right right like you get a sense that he's showing that he has enough skill to do it with fucking like ultra cool style. <laughs> like he's not just doing it, he's doing it and it's like a fucking badass pose. Right. And he's like he is almost like almost like uh the gunslinger in Dark Tower where he's not so much always looking like he's sensing what's going on because there's a couple moments mm. where he's like doesn't even look right and he's shooting people and then the moment at the end where there's a gun on the fucking table and he kicks the table up to catch the gun mm-hmm. like 
that's not going to happen in real like right, real life. Right. And so to me, I just look at it more as like it's a fantasy. This dude is that badass. Like almost like a wusha where like people can't fly. <laughs> yeah, people can't yeah. like like in in a wusha where like bright with white hair where she fucking <laughs> shoots the th- the sword through that guy hilt first. Right. Like not going to happen, but you believe because it's fantasy like yeah, she's fucking that powerful. And so I I choose to look at these movies in the same kind of a way. Right. Where um that stuff doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. And like it just like I'm just on on board for it, you know, and I don't think so much about the logistics of <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, there's no way you would have done that. <laughs> I just think like, yeah, fucking Chayun Fat, he's so badass. <laughs> and there's a choreography element to it as well, because mm-hmm. like this movie was choreographed by Ching Shu Tung, who is like a very uh, great uh, choreographer and director in his own right who who made a lot of wuxia movies and straight up kung fu movies and all this other stuff and so here he is applying those uh, same talents to the gunfights mm-hmm. and I'm happy <laughs> that you're like you see it as a different thing than just like, oh, here it is again. This guy <laughs> just blasting away, not getting shot. Like, I'm happy that you saw it as something slightly different than that. Like, you know, you weren't totally like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that w- it was something I pushed away and just it kind of ignored. And actually, I was kind of thinking wuxia in my head. Yeah, okay, it, good. kind of like, it's kind of the wusha gunfight going on right and because i feel like especially if you get outside of the john woo movies because john woo is more i just i I think i said john woo john 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 luke Luke (laughs) but um outside of the john woo movies you get um you get people that are are more fantastical with it Mm-hmm. Like I, I saw a f- couple months ago, I watched a movie that I thought was just a gun movie. <laughs> and when I watched it, it was very clear that they were making a gun wuxia, <laughs> like a straight up gun wuxia. Because this guy could like, <laughs> like he was just throwing guns and catching them. And it was totally overblown, like in the most fantasy fucking way. And there was oh. another guy that was using cards in the same way, like throwing cards into people's foreheads and like <laughs> doing these wild, like totally fantasy-based card tricks. <laughs> like, and it was just like, oh shit! Like this is the extreme of the 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 gun <laughs> as wuxia. Right. Hmm. But the John Woo movies are more, and there I go again, John Woo. <laughs> The John Woo movies are more, more based in reality than than you know on the spectrum of, right. of fantasy. Yeah, and you know, and that's this might be kind of tying into um, 
my whole not being as fond of gun shooter games. Yes, and yes. That, and maybe that's also what's carrying on here, is that just, for the, some reason, guns don't uh, do it for me the, the way... The gun uh, in general? Just yeah, isn't maybe, it's just, maybe it's just the gun in general. Yeah. Where, where what if they, getting, it was all swords? You know, if it was all swords, I'd probably be in love with it. Probably and be a little <laughs> bit more on board. Yeah, I, I think it, I think we might maybe just maybe it's just guns. <laughs> maybe Steven, it's just guns. Stephen doesn't get along with guns. Right. Well, <laughs> before you totally write off guns, I definitely want you to see Hard Boiled at some point. Oh well, if it's even better than this, then yeah, because this was a good movie. This is a good a, movie, yeah. and this movie is like, like. When when we were teenagers, we often had the discussion, what is the better movie, The Killer or Hard Boiled? <laughs> and we were never able to really, like, pick a side because The Killer is definitely technically the better movie. Like, mm. it has a good story. It has emotions. There's, like, real shit like that you can feel about this movie you know the the good characters and good interactions but hard-boiled has like the best fucking action ever (laughs) like it's fucking amazing and so like as an entertainment experience hard-boiled is always like the go-to over the killer and so Mm. we could never decide which one was actually the better movie? Like, is entertainment better than this, this like, more dramatic thing that has great action, no doubt, but just not, right. like, the fucking, <laughs> the shit in Hard Boiled is, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that you say it, because I was also thinking in my head early on watching this was with all the church scenes and, yeah. and the shots of the doves and the candles and yeah. the cross and all that. I was thinking, this kind of feels almost Mamoru Oshii-ish in that it's uh-huh. very stylistic, very uh, kind of artsy in a way. That yeah. it's, it's definitely kind of trying to, to take this image and make it look amazing and kind of and that's kind of what Mamoru Oshii does. He kind of, he takes an image and just lingers on it very very long but uh-huh. longer than he has any real need to most of the time but <laughs> <laughs> well that's kind of an art house thing i find like like um they want you to think about something and so like there's a there's a russian director and i've never seen any of his movies but he has this reputation for like a 15 minute shot of a stream <laughs> and in, in the movie is like three and a half hours and so you got 15 minutes of this stream and you're watching this stream and and i have never watched the movie so i don't know if maybe there's some revelatory experience in watching these 15 minute shots of streams and whatever else the movie contains but um i feel like in the art house movie the the ratio of like what the artist is bringing to you and what you're bringing to the movie, I feel like the ratio is more on your side. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, but like they really need a more sophisticated audience. <laughs> Cause like a normal person's going to see 15 minutes of stream and go, what the fuck is, is next? <laughs> you know, well, I'm not watching right. this piece of shit, but like, 
with the right viewer, it might be like the most mind-blowing movie of all time. Who knows? You know? Um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head for me, but I know like 2001 is an example where Mm. the first time I saw it, I did not like it. (laughs) I thought it was boring and whatever, but I always felt like compelled to watch it again. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I watched it, I kind of got it, but I didn't understand it. And then the third time I watched it, I was again compelled. Like I really, like I feel like I need to watch this again. The third time I watched it, it kind of clicked. And so like there's long sequences of that where you're just watching things (laughs) and you're not like being fed information all the time. And like it really opened my eyes to like oh this is a choice this guy kubrick is choosing to only show like specifically in the spacewalk sequences where like i was my uh, my mind opened up to like the director as a person Mm -hmm. where he's he's out on the spacewalk to repair this part of the ship and all you hear is his breathing there's no music. There's no nothing. You just hear his breathing. And it's like a 10 or 15 minute sequence. And it's just like, this is a choice. And it's just sort of like, wow, <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> so I feel like that's like an art house thing. John Woo, definitely not an art house director. But like you're saying, like he's definitely more artistic than just a straight up piece of shit action director like right fucking whoever the fuck in in america like michael bay or whatever yeah. the fuck you know who is just making just garbage movies <laughs> to, to be consumed and then to be thrown away you know disposable movies right right because yeah this is uh john was the uh the fast-paced action art house director I guess. yeah yeah <laughs> like he's working within action yeah but he I wants feel that like, action to have some kind of depth to it yeah and 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 this was something that i noticed in this time that i watched it the first scene they show chayun fat he's in the church Mm-hmm. And they show the, there's a cut from like him, and then it shows the statue of Mary's face. Right. And then we cut to the cop, and the cop does something. The cop played by Danny Lee, who got his start as a Shaw Brothers actor. Hmm. Um, he's the star of Super Inframan. Ooh. <laughs> um, but he became known for his cop roles later on, and then this was one of them. Um. But when they show Danny Lee, then the first time they show Danny Lee, then they cut to a statue of Guan Yu. The um, he's a character in Romance of the Three Kingdoms or, or the Dynasty Warriors games. <laughs> <laughs> Dynasty Warriors, uh. and and he's um, he's uh, sort of revered and worshipped as like a, a deity almost at this point, mm. and. I was curious about like what what they show Mary and then they show the cop and Guan Yu like what is uh what is the connection here 
and I researched like why, like what is the the meaning of Guan Yu in in Chinese society at this point, right? And apparently, every um, police station in Hong Kong has a statue of Guan Yu, hmm. and he is meant to represent the 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 loyalty and the brotherhood of like the force hmm. and apparently um like most triads in hong kong also have a statue of guan yu that they like worship and that they have huh. in their like headquarters interesting and that because they also mm. respect the, the 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 loyalty and the brotherhood that guan yu represents Right, and usually the statues, like in the cop station, have the 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 weapon. He has like a spear, kind of a bladed weapon. I don't know which what it is. It has a specific name, but mm. he's known for this fucking Guan Yu weapon. And in the the police stations, he has it in one hand, and in the the triads, he's more of like an angry looking version of himself with it in the other hand. Mm. And so it's like these two sides <laughs> and such we get uh, the killer where it's the two sides um, sort of yeah. going yeah. up against each other. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because when I saw that scene, I yeah. was thinking, oh, he's trying to tell me something here. I should keep an eye out for this. And then I just got caught up in the action. I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had never noticed it before, honestly, because I don't know how how like how much I had been able to recognize Guan Yu like outside of the last few years um I definitely knew him as because when we were kids like in high school there was this uh PC game called Sango Fighter <laughs> that was basically Street Fighter but all with Romance of the Three Kingdoms characters oh wow so like Guan Yu is in there and like Lu Bu and fucking Cow Cow and all these guys um that might be the first Dynasty Warriors game I I don't I I I'm I feel like there is a connection like the guys who made Sango Fighter like maybe went on to make the first Dynasty Warriors or something like that. Yeah. Um oddly enough John Woo made a Romance of the Three Kingdoms film called Red Cliff. Ooh. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, I had no idea that was Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yes, but yes. That kind of makes me want to watch that more. It's fucking awesome. And if you ever do see it, watch the, the Hong Kong version, which is actually two movies. Mm. Instead of, the, they release it in America and they cut, they basically cut the movie, the two movies, which is roughly five hours into one two and a half hour movie mm. and so basically the whole first movie is just cut to the one last action scene oh, man <laughs> and it's just like oh my god <laughs> it's so <laughs> shitty but the, uh, the full version is is fucking fantastic yeah. there's some cg but you know yeah. it's okay uh, uh yeah but at the end of the movie i did kind of come to a conclusion at least with the the mary references okay i really had no idea what the other guy was yeah and so um but i was kind of thinking that this was about a movie about kind of forgiveness and and second chances and like this whole thing is about him trying to uh redeem himself this is yes yes and that's a very christian uh ideal it is it is the concepts of forgiving your past sins and you can always turn over a new leaf and become a better person yes and we kind of see that transformation in him and that 
There's what one of the lines he says to the girl, I think, was uh, like, I used to like just not think like think it didn't matter if I killed anybody. And now I think everyone deserves to live. Right. Right. Some line to that effect in there that he's kind of becoming this uh, new person who's trying to become better. And so I saw that at least at the end. Right. I had by that point forgotten the whole statue that the cop was looking at because yeah. i thought that was again going to be one of those parallels that they would do between them that the cop would have his own kind of religious figure that he yeah. would look up to, and it would kind of they don't show that too much they do right. show the guan yu statue i think again later in the movie but but they don't it's not as like hitting as hard right. and maybe that's because in hong kong culture He's so you well see known. that and you know it and you just like understand that Right, maybe. But um, I hadn't thought so much about the Christianity element and the redemption element. So, in a way, <laughs> we have enacted our own version of the killer here. <laughs> where you brought in the Christianity and I brought in the Guan Yu. And together, yeah, we, we, we have a mutual respect and understanding. <laughs> now, we just have to uh, to worry about... The amassing horde of triad members outside the house. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, I don't have any guns, but I do have this little Dodger bat. Oh well, and uh, better get that out. <laughs> yeah, do so, you have a butcher's knife so I can like uh, stab I, that guy in the back? I have this little knife, <laughs> and I do have, have some. Do. Uh, I do have a few cutting knives. So <laughs> prepare yourself yeah. for the oncoming onslaught. Yeah, well. well. <laughs> sitting in the chair to just quickly kick back and <laughs> yeah you got rollers on the chair you can uh <laughs> slide back and shoot through the door if i only had something to shoot with yeah yeah i don't know to throw my keys at them or something yeah we just have to we have to work in some jackie chan thing where we're, we're uh using everyday items you know yeah yeah you know what <laughs> what what would what would it be if Jackie Chan were starring in The Killer? Yeah, I don't know. There's uh, the the mic stand could definitely be used oh, as a yeah. weapon. Yeah, that would that would definitely be a good one. I want to say I just watched a, a a Jackie Chan movie where he's I don't think he uses a mic stand, but he's uh, he's in like this rich kid's uh, bedroom or like this millionaire rich kid and he has like a drum set and a fucking all this shit and he uses the drum set in <laughs> during the fight <laughs> uh, i don't think he had a mic stand but maybe now i'm thinking of this other fight where he's in a photographer's studio and he's using the you know those like uh light the, bouncing the, umbrellas oh, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. have like he's using those in the fight <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know if there's a mic stand in any of those fights uh, but if there isn't, there should be. Jackie, you got <laughs> work in a mic stand. Come on. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know uh, maybe turn the, the mic into a nunchuck of sorts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, uh, you've probably seen Roger Daltrey of The Who use the mic and swing the mic around. Yeah. Yeah, do something no? like that. I don't He's think I have. I oh, okay. That's like Pete know. Townsend of The Who, who has the big windmills of the guitar. Oh. And uh, oh. Keith Moon was always like wild man, fucking crazy moon on the on moon the loon on the <laughs> on the uh, on the drums. 
Roger Daltrey was always like swinging the mic and wrapping it around himself and oh, going wow. fucking ape shit with the mic, and he still does. And then uh, John Endwhistle was on the bass, and he just stood there. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood there. <laughs> because he said, how am I going to stand out? All these other guys are going crazy. They got their own little things. I'm just going to stand out by standing here and like being dope on the bass. <laughs> and it's like the... Uh... The one guy in ZZ Top without the beard. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, known for the beards. <laughs> Why do you not have a beard? And his last name is Beard. <laughs> Funnily enough. It's like, it's all in the name. <laughs> I don't remember how we got talking about that, but... Uh, oh, you were talking about Mike as nunchucks, that's right. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, so, yeah... yeah. I, yeah, I was kind of surprised to just see the uh, Christian church thing at all. When I first, when the movie first starts off, I'm thinking like, okay, this is a, a Hong Kong yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. This is not like a native Christian area. And no. We have this Christian stuff going on. And I kind of think, like, yeah, I got, well, Christianity has kind of spread its roots everywhere. It has. It definitely has. And uh, Hong Kong for hundreds of years i think um was a british colony and so the uh inclusion of christianity was always a thing there all right um with the brits Mm -hmm. um and then there was always like chinese missionaries and things like that like that there were uh, i mean at some at at, whenever communism started in the 50s they were immediately Mm -hmm. like outlawed and oppressed and thrown out of china the missionaries but but it goes back um i just watched a cheng che movie about the boxer rebellion and there's like a whole thing about like the the chinese people were rising up trying to throw out all the the foreigners and the missionaries and things like that Hmm. so it's always been like because that's kind of the thing of christianity is we got to go turn those savages into believers you know we got to right, right. teach the the indians and we got to teach the the fucking some the actual pe- indians right we got to <laughs> teach people in the jungle about fucking jesus so they can be saved and you know yeah, stuff like that yeah. there's there's kind of always been that it just kind of always kind of takes me off guard when i'm like going to some foreign place from foreign uh, yeah yeah uh, iconography or something and then we just said uh, oh well this is something ridiculously familiar why why is this here <laughs> like, right i feel like it just with with hong kong you get a lot of like weird things like that because because of like that shared sort of british chinese hold over the region right. for so long especially back then like now like a lot of there's still Hong Kong movies like produced in Hong Kong, but the majority of the movies are now because the mainland has retaken Hong Kong. The majority of the movies are like co-productions with mainland China, and so mm-hmm. there's a lot. They're a lot more like uh, state-sanctioned or whatever. Like you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of weird shit like this. Right. Unfortunately. Uh. Um. But the killer. What? I honestly, I don't know what else to say. Um, the action is fucking dope. Um, I wanted to to ask you because 
along with the action, you also get a little bit of a hint of like Hong Kong stunts in the 80s where like dudes are just falling from shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like was... to the ground. <laughs> Yeah, there's like that one scene where they're like on that painter's scaffolding. Yeah. And he's just underneath them, just firing up through the floor the of it. People are just, just fucking falling through yeah. and shit. Yeah. The whole thing just topples over and he's dodging out of the way. Yeah. And like, it's more extreme in in like a Sammo Hung movie or something where a dude is getting kicked off a second. F- <laughs> there's one in one movie, and I don't remember which one it would. This guy is like on the second story. He gets kicked off. Like hits a fucking wall, <laughs> knocks into a an air conditioner, and then like falls onto a fucking bar, and then fucking falls on the floor, and just like oh, oh, in one shot, and just like that poor fucking guy, <laughs> just getting just so beat up for this amazing shot. You know, it's a great oh. piece of film, but Jesus yeah, Christ, they take their stunt work seriously <laughs> there in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's less so now because um obviously like as as the uh, the older stuntmen <laughs> age out of that kind of thing, the younger people don't want to do that because they grew up in the age of CG and they're like, we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> like it's like the animation thing where, where right. they don't want to, like I know with Ghibli, they had uh, the younger people were like, why do we have, we don't have to do this in between animation. We can do it on the computer. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to hand drawn every s- scene anymore. Like why, why, why don't we use the computer? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I know, like, that's been a, a thing with Miyazaki where he didn't want to, like, he didn't want to progress to using the computer for all the little in-betweens and stuff. Right. And I think they have at this point, but... Yeah, progress marches on. Yeah. <laughs> but... <sighs> but that's why this era, <laughs> specifically the 80s and the early 90s, but really just, like... The 80s are just fun, fucking amazing. <laughs> Hong Kong, like, it's never going to be like that ever again. There was nothing ever like it ever before <laughs> or since. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there's, I will say, I saw a Thai movie that was made probably 10 years ago called Born to Fight. Hmm. <laughs> that, that movie has some Hong Kong level, like, 80s Hong Kong stunts in oh. it. People just fucking getting thrown off of buildings and <laughs> hitting shit on the way down. <laughs> um, the killer. So overall, would you say that you enjoyed the killer? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a fun movie, enjoyable movie. I I got wrapped up in it, and well, that's good. Yeah. So it's uh. It's definitely a a good solid film, well worth watching, regardless of the guns. Yeah, yeah, regardless of the guns. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where it's just like, oh, there's guns, it's going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah, it can't really be the judgment point of it unless it's like absurd. But I feel like though, if you watch this, you watch this, and then you see Hard Boiled. If you ever go back to an American thing, I feel like it's going to be it's going to reveal itself as more shitty (laughs) because that's how it was for me. Like once I discovered Hong Kong movies, 
it was like I can't go back to these <laughs> American movies for a long time. And yeah. obviously like Arnold and stuff like that is fine, but just there's a reality e- even with the the fantasy of some of the like dodging of things and stuff there's there's still like a a real quality to these movies that even 80s american movies just don't fucking have right just with the squibs like exploding and stuff <laughs> like when the people would get shot those are some fucking meaty like bloody fucking squibs <laughs> Like when he gets shot in the arm, when Danny Lee shoots him, oh yeah, it's just like poof, all in slow motion and just. Ah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's I, good stuff. I, I think I, I was probably most surprised by the scene where they stabbed the guy in the back with the <laughs> knife. Oh uh, yeah, because it's just like I'm. I'm just like, oh, it's this gun movie, and then just bam, knife, and it was the cop. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that surprised me too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> just out of nowhere, just random <laughs> knife into the bag. Just ouch. Good stuff. Yeah. And uh, I did want to mention that when he's on the boat and he's he has a sniper rifle and he shoots that guy. Yeah. The guy that he shoots is a, a director that I talk about a lot as being like in all these Sammo Hung movies. He always has these cameos. Mm. And he was a director. He made a... a a couple of movies at Shaw Brothers, uh, the guy Teddy Yip Wing Cho. <laughs> and so ever since I became aware of him, like, I swear to God, he's in like every fucking 80s Hong Kong movie in a little small part. Wow. It's crazy. And, and and I didn't know that he was in this movie. And then I'm watching it. Well, fuck, there he is <laughs> getting <Huh>. shot <laughs> in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So uh. just a, a little tidbit for. Uh, anybody that listened all the way back to the beginning, I talk a lot about it when I was watching all those Sammo Hung movies. So, hmm. <laughs> well, the more you know. Yeah, and so this was like your first uh, Chai Yun Fat movie too, right? Yeah, probably. Well, he's great. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was entertaining. He's a uh, he's a good actor. Yeah, I, I like him. You you saw Crushing Tiger though, right? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's in, in that. that? Okay. He's in that. Okay, then I've He's like the main guy and uh I always think that's a weird movie for him because he's not a martial artist, but they they make it seem very credible <laughs> that he is this great master of martial arts. Yeah, I'm thinking back to not having seen it since it was kind of a big deal when it yeah, was coming yeah. out, but uh, and having absolutely no experience really with martial arts films at the time, right? But yeah, it definitely was impressive then to that younger me. That yeah, you don't think like, oh, this guy looks like he's not—he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was—I mean, I had seen these gun movies before I saw that, mm-hmm. and I was very surprised i was like wow i didn't know chai and fad could do this kind of <laughs> stuff this is amazing wow look at him go <laughs> um but the, the, yeah i don't know what my point was but <laughs> <laughs> there must have been one right anyway he's he's fucking great he's one of the great uh actors of of hong kong 
he started in romantic comedies. No. He, he had TV shows. Um, Shaw Brothers owned like the biggest TV studio in Hong Kong called TVB. And so he started there um, doing romantic comedy TV shows and whatever. And then eventually he made some romantic comedy movies. And then he got hooked up with John Woo who made um, A Better Tomorrow with him. And then it was like, oh, now he's like the fucking action star. <laughs> and then he did all these series of movies with uh, with uh, John Woo and uh, some other Ringo Lamb, City on Fire, which then became Reservoir Dogs <laughs> through <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, um, who ripped it off 100%, <laughs> basically. Um and then he became known as like this fucking action star, like super fucking gruff dude. But he has this uh, comedic performance ability as well. Huh. Interesting. He's, he's a very broad actor. He he has a a wide range. He's a great great uh, great uh, yeah, great he... practitioner of the art of acting. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Um. Any other musings on the killer? <laughs> um, kind of going back to just the beginning of the film, because why not end with the beginning? Yeah. Um, thinking of, I was just thinking that here's this this big action movie. There's lots of action scenes all through it. Tons yes. of action, yes. violence, explosions all over the place. But the the opening itself, the very first scenes are very quiet, very very low keyed. Yes. And. I was kind of thinking, like, how, like, I guess I don't see a lot of modern movies, so I wouldn't really know, but, like, thinking you want to start out with, like, a bang, like, with some big thing going on, and here's this very quiet, subtle opening that's not hitting you in the face with being an action film. Right. And then very abruptly after that. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't take long, no. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it definitely starts... um, like the song the girl is singing and it, right. it's like John Woo has a all of Hong Kong has a thing for melodrama but mm-hmm. John Woo also like loves to play up the melodrama yeah <laughs> and yeah. that comes a lot throughout the whole movie <laughs> like that shit at the end where they're like calling each other Dumbo and Mickey Mouse yeah. <laughs> like Mickey Mouse <laughs> It's not so much because it's uh you know it's in another language but just like the subs of like Dumbo. <laughs> yeah, that, you know that was actually kind of like making me think cuz um I was listening to them as they were saying that and they're not speaking the names that w- and I'm wondering like right phonetically it's not Mickey Mouse and Dumbo what they're saying yeah. whatever and I'm like are their names just different in Hong Kong or the like is it or is it just that they're pronouncing it in a way that is so different that it's unrecognizable to me? Maybe. Uh, I hadn't considered that. I just thought that, like, oh, well, they call Mickey Mouse whatever they're saying in Cantonese. But I was thinking maybe is it something else entirely that they're saying, but they're translating it as Mickey Mouse and Dumbo just to be uh, understandable to an American audience? I know that... Well, like or an English-speaking audience. These, anyway. yeah, like like the English subs were created. Like, cause I remember the Mickey Mouse shit 
when we first saw the movie, we saw it um, on a bootleg from Hong Kong with burned-in theatrical mm. subs, which would have been created for the English-speaking audience in Hong Kong. Hmm. And so I don't know that they would translate to a different character. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm curious. I want to, I want to look into that, but I'm pretty sure they like, cause I don't know. They know who Mickey Mouse and Dumbo and shit is. <laughs> I feel like they're actually referencing those characters, Yeah. but I'm not sure. Yeah. I was, uh, just something I was curious. Yeah. About. And, and the way that you were talking about, how uh japanese people would pronounce silver emulsion right now right. You, you're mentioning it the pronunciation might be so different that we don't know like maybe they were saying <laughs> mickey mouse and dumbo and it's just so so like twisted that yeah because i was i was seeing that in in the names as well and that the the assassin in this his name is jeff but yeah. it sounds more like they're saying joe when they're actually speaking his name yeah he has a I don't I mean I'm pretty sure that Jeff is a is a like a American translation like I don't think his name is that in the in the actual like movie. Right. And like I think everybody else seemed to have like very uh, like English names that Yeah, I don't remember I can't remember names. the and Jenny, of course, was Jenny. But That's true, Jenny. And then, and then ac- actually in the credits, that was like one of the like two words that were actually in English, <laughs> like Jenny and Jenny. The, some other <laughs> character. I can't remember who the other one was, but yeah, yeah. And the well, mm-hmm. there's a thing in in like Chow Yun Fat. That's his name. He never took an American n- name. He never Americanized his name. Right. Whereas Danny Lee. <laughs> took danny as a name like he has mm-hmm. a chinese name and i don't remember what it is it's lee something um and so it may be they may like the characters may have those kinds of names i don't know i don't know enough about that part of of hong kong culture to really right understand right. So i was that. thinking like why does everybody have this english name and i'm like well yeah. If there was this whole British rule going on, there would certainly have been English names influxed into the culture, but yeah. would they have really taken over to the point where it's a common thing to have them? I think it's fairly common now, or maybe in the 80s, I don't know, but um, I know like there are some chinese people that like refuse they i am not going to like (laughs) americanize my name that's it you know and like i don't know that chayan fat specifically is like against it but i know that he never did it right whereas like jackie he's 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 to the point where you just say jackie and you fucking know like and he was all about like have like changing his name to be that and even Sammo hung like his name in a lot of the early movies is just like i forget what his actual name is but it's like hung something it's hung chung pao or something like that and like mm-hmm. only later did he adopt Sammo, <laughs> and i don't know where the Sammo comes from yeah well, might just be uh uh, alteration of sam but yeah i don't yeah i don't know i know that he named his kid sammy hung <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah 
guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look yeah. into that if I remember. Yeah, <laughs> which we never do, of course. No, I often, I often, when I'm putting these together afterwards, I mean, like, oh yeah, I was gonna look that up, <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes I do, and then I don't always remember to uh, tell you if I uh, looked into it or not. Uh. Whether you'd remember or not is another thing. Yeah, there's that too. I might not even remember (laughs) that we were going to look into something. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Anything else? Killer? I think that kind of covers it. Kind of covers it. I I love it. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen The Killer, you really should. It's available in America. um, Uncut and uh, fairly readily available, I think. Netflix... Um, Amazon, whatever, you know, it has pretty good, uh, addition. So check it out. (laughs) It is well worth seeing. Definitely. Definitely. Um, as are most John Woo movies, I would say. Yeah. I've always wanted to go back and watch all of his early stuff. I've seen a few of his Kung Fu movies and they're very good as well. Um, but, uh. Haven't seen all the comedies. He always talked about, like in the late '90s, about how he his his dream was to make a musical. He always wanted to make a musical, and he, because specifically, like he wanted to incorporate his love of musicals and like choreography of like the movement of the like like a lot of times they call these movies in Hong Kong bullet ballets <laughs> because there's it's guns, but it's also choreography. Right. And so he wanted to bring sort of his love of choreography and musicals together um, to bring, to make like this fucking grand uh, John Woo experience. But I don't think he's ever gotten the, uh, to make that musical yet. Hmm. So I don't know if he still is interested or if he just hasn't got the money. Nobody wants to fund a John Woo <laughs> musical. I don't know. Yeah, but you'd, uh, you'd think he'd be at the point where he could uh, get something funded if he really wanted it. You'd think that, but but he's been kind of uh, on a, a low key burn these last hmm. few years. Like he went back to to Hong Kong, and he made Red Cliff, and I know he made a he co directed a Wuxia with Michelle Yeoh called Re- Reign of Assassins that I have not seen. Hmm. And sounds interesting. He he has a, a, a he's returning to the heroic bloodshed <laughs> genre with his new movie oh, yeah. Manhunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like like I'm excited, <laughs> but I also feel like I don't know how excited he is about it. <laughs> like I don't know if he's disgruntled and and yeah, like, make okay, damn movie. <laughs> like I can like I can get the money to make this movie, all right, or if he's excited about it, I don't know. So anyway, John Woo, definitely a, a great director. Check him out. The Killer, check it out. Hard Boiled, check it out. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, fucking pew pew and adios. <laughs> Later.
Those stories are all lies. 